Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back at it again, episode 120. For the love of the game, let's get this work. Really miss you till you dead or you gone. So on that note, I'm leaving after the song. So you ain't gotta feel no way about Jay so long. But at least let me tell you why I'm this way. Hold on, I was conceived by Gloria Carter and Adnis Reeves, who made love under the sycamore tree, which makes me a more sicker MC. And my mama would claim at 10 pounds when I was born, I didn't give her no pain. I flowed through the years, I gave her her fish, yeah. I gave her, her first real skin. I made it for birth when I got here. She knows my purpose wasn't purpose. I ain't perfect, I can't. But I feel worthless because my shirts wasn't matching my kid. Now I'm just scratching. Welcome back, welcome back. It is is episode 120 that's right 120 for the love of the game it's your boy ATH back behind the mic back in the saddle a lot to discuss excited about today's guest we're going to talk a lot about NBA free agency we're going to talk a little bit about the draft so there's a lot to cover there just a couple of quick things before we get into this evening's guest first of all uh, shout out to the U.S. men's basketball team everybody was all freaking out Early on, when they lost a couple of exhibition games, they lost that game against France. They lost that game against Australia. Well, when it came down to it, nut crunching time, Kevin Durant was awesome. Drew Holiday was awesome. They got their defensive rotations together, and they ended up winning gold in Tokyo, just like I predicted. Just uh, chalk that one up to another win for your boy, ATH. So, yeah, I, I mean... Kevin Durant showed why he's one of the two to three best players in the world. He was incredible all tournament. Drew Holiday was great for them. Zach Levine had moments of looking really, really nice for them. They just, they just played so much better in terms of cohesion. That's what happens when you get a couple of practices and a couple of games under your belt. So shout out to Team USA basketball. Shout out to Team USA across all sports for winning the most number of medals most number of golds we're clearly the best in the world you have the best athletes in the world and that's just that's just what it is so uh kudos to all the olympic athletes and their success uh two the new york yankees they were they're roping me back in these damn yankees i i don't know what's going on here everybody's got covid garrett cole's out now anthony rizzo's out after being a great pickup by Brian Cashman at the trade deadline, they cut their the lead in the division. They're now only six games back, but they're only two back in the uh, for the wild card. The Red Sox are falling apart. I mean, cue, cue the um, the scene from Godfather Three. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. This is what's happening right now. They had a crazy win last night. Uh, in Kansas City in extra innings. Jamison Tyone has been unbelievable for them recently. I mean, his ERA has dropped from like mid fives to under four now. Like he's been great for a solid four to five weeks. Who knows? I mean, who knows what will happen? The team's getting hot at the right time. Now, of course, when you say that and they start playing well, Flavor Torres, who's been super hot since the All-Star break, Goes down, as I mentioned, Anthony Rizzo, who was an awesome, awesome pickup at the trade deadline, gets COVID, Garrett Cole, COVID. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm interested again. I'm interested again. I'm emotionally invested again. 
And that's where we are with the New York Yankees. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them when they get some guys back, including Luis Severino, who said he's close. The pitching has been great. The pitching has been great. A lot of young guys, not big-time names, but they're they're pitching well. They're playing a good brand of baseball. And for a team that I thought had a glass jaw, seems to be uh, getting a stronger jaw and uh, being able to take a punch once in a while. So kudos to the New York Yankees. Let's hope that continues. And one last thing, as I mentioned, we're going to talk a lot more in depth about it. The Knicks uh, offseason, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, I, I just a couple of things. One, regarding free agency and the offseason in general. For all the fans who are expecting the big move, it just wasn't there, all right? Because the name you've been targeting is Damian Lillard, and he hasn't officially requested a trade. And so it's just not there right now. It's just not there. So for the Knicks, for what they did, they were exceedingly prudent. They signed guys in contracts that are easily movable, all right? A three-year deal that you thought, for example, like Nerlens Noel and Derrick Rose, have team options at the end of the contract. The third year is a team option. So it's essentially a two-year deal, all right? Not that long. They're rolling, o- they're rolling over cap space, not for next year, but for the following year where the free agency class seems to be a little bit better. And just keep in mind, right, besides for Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles injury, and that ends up being a sign and trade, and LeBron James going to the Lakers, which is a different story altogether, how many guys have been superstars have become available in free agency? Not many. Not many. So – The way to acquire a superstar player is to have assets and contracts and be ready to strike while the iron's hot and be able to pounce when you're given the opportunity. And all the deals that the Knicks did, including Evan Fournier, including bring back Derrick Rose, including bring back Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks, all those deals fall into that category. They have a bunch of contracts within the 20, the 10 to $20 million range that you can easily stack to package them together to go get your guy. So now it's about the Knicks being patient. And when their guy comes, now it's time to go get him. But they put themselves in, in position. You can't really argue uh, otherwise. I mean, if you, if you don't think what the Knicks did was prudent, then I, I don't know what to tell you. You don't, you don't really have an idea of what's going on in the landscape of the league. As far as their draft goes, they moved back a couple of spots to get back future picks. They ended up taking... Uh, Grimes out of Houston, a nice wing player. They ended up taking Deuce McBride in the second round, point guard out of West Virginia, and Jericho Sims late in the second round. We'll talk about him later on uh, with my guest, who's actually at Summer League. So, yeah, the Knicks draft was all right. I I don't see any of those guys actually being on the big boy roster uh, come the season start. But so far, solid offseason for the Knicks, and the cherry on top was the Kemba Walker deal who became available off a buyout. I don't like paying Kemba Walker $30 million with his knees. $8 million? That kind of risk? Absolutely love it. It's a ceiling raiser for the team. So who knows? You know, right now the Knicks, as I see it, stand in somewhere between five and eight in the Eastern Conference pecking order. They may not finish fourth like they did last year. And it doesn't mean they're not a better team because they are a better team on paper. But the East has gotten a lot better. Can't fault what the Knicks did. And uh, having said that, we're going to get into uh, that in a lot more detail with tonight's guest in just a matter of moments. I have the pleasure of bringing back 
a recurring guest, a special recurring guest, somebody I haven't had on in a while, somebody who enjoys Knicks and hoops just as much as I do. He's actually out in Vegas right now. One of my better interviews I've done recently, none other than Papa Left. What's good, brother? How we doing? How's doing the Vegas heat treating you? It's hot. It's it's. Someone said, um, wait till it gets to 125. Then it's real. I'm like, I'm not waiting for that. I'm out of here because nah, there's no humidity. It's fine. No humidity. It's fine. Nah, yeah. it, it, it can get a little, a little press. Someone it's like, like me that can, uh, that likes to tan a little bit. Yeah. It gets, it's, it's like a consistent heat wind. It, it feels like you're in hell. Um, <laughs> it's just, uh, I remember this morning, a, a homeless man uh asked me if i could get him a sandwich i was like that's all you don't want water maybe an iced tea or something yeah i got, I got him i got him a sandwich and some water I, I took the onus to get him some water because it's hot man it's bad you're 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 a good man you're a good man so um before we want i wanted to bring you back on obviously nicks were active in the off season off season got a little crazy for a little bit but before we get into that, as I mentioned, you know, you're in Vegas for Summer League. What's the vibe like this year, um, Summer League-wise? I've never been to Summer League. It's something I'd like to do. Um, obviously, since last March, things are a little different. Yeah. Obviously, things are opening up a little bit. Nevada's o- o- been open up for, for a while now. So what's the vibe like in Summer League this year? I mean, it's it's a great experience for the locals and for, for kids. I just want to say that first. Like, the people who are here, a majority of them, I want to say about 50% of them are, are local. They, they either come in from Los Angeles or they're from the city of Las Vegas, maybe come up from Phoenix. But um, a lot of people really enjoy it. You see kids lined up an hour before the gates open and they're running up the steps at the UNLV. Uh, Thomas and Mac Center. They're just running up to get close to see to the players. And um, for a lot of people, including myself, this is an opportunity to see um, NBA talent up close and personal. And I think the NBA does a great job of selling it as a event, which it is. Is you're you're getting a chance to see a legend born all over the stadium. You see posters of Trey Young, Nikola Jokic, Julius Randle, DeAndre Ayton. Um, players who have previously been in Vegas for the summer league. Um, so I think people are just, um, it's an odd experience where they're not really rooting for a team. People are just rooting for uh, players to perform well. And um, there's people from all over. I saw this morning, people from Indiana. I saw people from Detroit, obviously here for Cade Cunningham. Uh, Cade Cunningham's been pretty much the biggest uh you know, obviously being Naturally, the first number one pick. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the first pick. And um, you know, it's you know, COVID is 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 here and people are masked up and um, you know, it's they're doing everything they can to take care of the health, you know, precautions. But you know, it's been a good event so far, you know. Um and, and also what, what you can do is you can leave. Like right now, I'm I'm back in my apartment. But um, you can come right back into the stadium. So for forty dollars, you can pretty much stay there the whole day. You can pick and choose what games you want to see. Some games are, you know, a little bit more of a draw than others. Um, but it's just a great opportunity to to see players, 
uh, up, up close. And Luka Doncic just agreed to a five-year extension. So just thought I'd bring that that over to you. That, that's, break, that's breaking news. They did a whole lot to get him to sign that extension. The whole grass was out there. I, we'll talk, we'll, when we talk about uh, offseason, we'll talk about right. the Mavericks in a little bit because right. there's something a little off there. But right. but before we get into all that, so uh, first of all, I mean, you went to the Knicks Summer League game. Just give me a couple of uh, your observations on Knicks Summer League. Obviously, we take Summer League with a grain of salt. We've seen guys be look like – like future all-stars in Summer League, a la Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox hasn't panned out. We saw dudes be absolute trash in Summer League, like Trey Young. Trey Young's leading a team to right. the conference finals. So, right. but having said that, you know, there, there's still some things you, you can see a little bit. You can take little nuggets from them. So what have you taken so far on a Knicks perspective, considering you saw them today, and I'm sure you saw them game one, what have you liked so far from the Knicks in summer league? Well, I think culturally, I think it's passed. It's passed through last year onto this year. You see IQ and OB have, have been pretty much joined at the hip. Um, you see across the court, uh, you see Tibbs and Leon Rose and, and, and the Knicks coaching brass. You see Daisuke Yoshimoto coaching, getting an opportunity to coach. Um, Johnny Bryant. Um, the culture is passing through. Like this, this is – important to those guys I think it's been an opportunity for Emmanuel quickly and Obi to kind of flex their skills in, in extended minutes some things that they necessarily especially with Obi didn't have the opportunity to do last year and they all obviously didn't have summer league last year so um, Obi was kind of learning on the fly IQ was learning on the fly and um, you know from a from a talent perspective I, I don't think the Knicks are outmatched by anybody when it comes to their roster. I mean, they have pretty much five rotational players, whether it be IQ, Obi, uh, Luca Vildoza, if you want to throw in Miles McBride, of course, Jericho Sims. I mean, they, they have players that, that at some point, Grimes as well. So they have a lot of players at some point this year that will be asked to give us, you know, a good, a good, um, a good showing in order for us to be successful. So um, I could go player by player if you want, or if you want to know what, what takeaways. Uh, well, I, th I think the quick takeaway from today's game, because I actually had it on in the background was, I mean, you could tell that Obi and Emmanuel quickly played playoff minutes last year, right? Yeah. Like they just look different on that screen, right? They look like they've, they played in playoff games. They got, rotational minutes in big minutes like they just look like they're different quickly had moments like that in the regular season so you expect him to be fine what I liked uh, I don't know I, I'm sure you mentioned it or I should say you noticed it as well is Obi's jump shot looks way smoother and obviously he's getting more run and he's allowed to do whatever he wants but like there's a confidence to him that if this can carry over, especially with the jump shot looking the way it is, I mean, there's something there. I don't know if it's going to be in a Knicks uniform or somewhere else, and we'll get to that later on, right. but there's something there where at the beginning of last year, we were just like, what is this? <laughs> right, right. I think Obi, um, by virtue of not having the ability to work on his one-on-one -on -one game, I 
if 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 anybody's watching out there, I remember Nick's preseason. Obi was featured and he was given the ball on the block and then he was shooting a lot of threes. And pretty much the Knicks were interested in winning ball games. And Tibbs pretty much told Obi, you're gonna stand in the corner and you're gonna do dribble handoffs and you can take your occasional shot, but you're gonna play defense and you're gonna rebound this year. And you're gonna dive and, to the rim once in a while. Right. And I think um he got used to the spacing that he was allowed to, to operate in. And, and you saw his game evolve within that spacing. But, I mean, Obi Toppin wasn't, you know, the National College Basketball Player of the Year because he can do one or two things on offense. He's a diverse scorer. Um, you know, he's improved his defense and he's a pretty good rebounder. Um, but he's a very good scorer. I think there's times where you watch his game and you see a little Amari in there, especially today. He bullied his way in with with a running layup and he missed off the side of the rim, was able to tip it back in. Um, and then there's times in his game where he he can flex, you know, a little bit of uh, a Sean Marion type type of game where he can hit the outside shot from certain angles. So um, you were running pin down screens for him at one point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, OB OB is good. Yeah, I think I think people are going to start to realize that. He is a bit of a clumsy uh handler of the basketball at times. You would like to see him get a little bit more strong, a little bit more sound with the basketball and controlling his his body and controlling, you know, himself in tight spaces, but he's he's a confident dude. And 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 just seeing him up close and personal, he's pointing things out, he's talking with the coaches. Him and Quickly are talking. Um, they're, they're, and after the game, I put it on my IG story. Um, immediately after the game, Tibbs and Obi are talking for a full minute. So it, it's, you know, you do take it with a grain of salt, but, but at the end of the day, they're there for a reason. And I think Tibbs is, has his eyes um, on all the players, but I think he is really focused on Obi, and, uh, specifically Obi. And um, IQ in terms of where is IQ in this rotation? And I think Tibbs is trying to figure out ways to get Obi on the court for 20 plus minutes. I think it serves Obi well. I think it serves the Knicks well. And I think it, it serves their organization well to have that guy um, play plus minutes because we, we just signed Randall. And I'm not saying that we have to trade Obi, but you know, we have to enhance his value and, and, and him just standing there and replacing Randall for 12 minutes. It's going to be a tough ask. So I think getting Obi some looks at the three, maybe pushing him up to the five. I mean, nobody's really talked about his ability to play the three. I think he, I think he could play the three for a little bit. In um, some matchups, it, yeah. it's, it's tough. It, it'd be tough for him to guard certain threes, especially That's with right. downside. That's right. But it, I think, I think at some point you're going to have to, see where he can play um, without um, just Randall being on the bench. I, I think at some point you're going to have to get him in the game. Um, Randall, Randall and Toppin at the four and five. I think yeah. that's going to be something that's going to be uh, a little interesting this year. Uh, I, they finally did it at the end of last playoff series against the Hawks when they were super desperate. But at that point, I mean, they just didn't have. Right. I, I, I just down. think, I think, I think that's going to be tough because Tibbs has his principles with his defense. And I think he really enjoys um, or trusts would be the word that I would, I would say um, he trusts having Mitchell Taj Noel 
Um, I, I, Jericho Sims playing great basketball is actually really impressive. It's not a joke anymore, but I just don't think Jericho Sims is going to be a rotational player this year. So I think you have two guys with Mitch and Noel that are going to play those five minutes. And as long as the Knicks aren't down where they need scoring, I just don't see the OB at the five being experimented with when you need wins. And I think Tibbs within a 10 point game is going to value defense. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. So you just mentioned Jericho Sims, um, the guy that they got in uh, at the end of the second round, like pick number 57. 58. Uh, 58. He can jump out of the gym. Can jump out of the gym. I mean, head above the rim, looking down at the rim type stuff on alley-oops. Now, he's had some moments in this summer league. But are we we talking about somebody who is going to be a G League all-star? Or somebody who can actually give you 15 minutes a night? Not necessarily this year because of the way the roster looks, but in two years. Yeah, I mean, I think they picked him because they know they get thin, um, just the body frame and the injuries. Um, we were at a point where we signed Norvell Pell last year, and we signed Taj. Remember, Taj wasn't with us to start. Yep. So um, Mitch, is, Mitch he, he, he leaps and he falls. You know, Noel has the same kind of issue. So um, – I think Jericho Sims won't be thrusted into the rotation, but I do think he's shown me enough where this guy could come in for 10 to 15 minutes backing up um, a guy who's being asked to play 30. You know, if one of our guys go down and, and, and uh, like, let's say it's Mitch and goes down and you don't want to play Noel 35, 40 minutes. I think Jericho Sims showed me enough. He's, he's, very quick laterally. He can get out there on the perimeter. He's, he's a good defender. He's shown me the most impressive. Obviously everybody's going to point to the dunks and, and point to his ability to jump, but he's there's multiple times um, between today and yesterday where he catches the ball and, and, and tough positions. He gathers, he doesn't just put it up. He gathers his space and he's able to find the cup. He's 10 for 10 so far. So um 10 for 10 from the field. And um, he's looking finished over three guys today, like in traffic and not like just like a dunk, like grabbed, I think grabbed an offensive rebound and over three dudes was just like, I've had enough of this. Right. And I think, um, I think it was IQ threw him. I I know IQ, there was two instances where he wasn't able to catch the alley-oop. He gathered off the alley-oop, planted, and was able to score. So, and he's shown a little bit of a hook shot. Obviously, that 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 floater or that hook shot is not something you're you're you're. That's going to be the end of the shot clock. You know, he's got to put it up. You know, we're not going to run plays for him. But he's shown the ability to, you know, put it up towards the rim. You know, and, and shoot with efficiency. I think I think Jericho Sims uh, is a name that Knicks fans will be clamoring for if he gets on the floor and does something special but I, I do think he's a reinforcement I think he's he's a guy that if, if players get injured you throw him out there for it's 10, shocking it's shocking that again summer league you take it with a grain of salt but it's shocking that a guy like that dropped the 57 like that's crazy I, I don't yeah, understand that I watched Luca Garza um Luke Garza yesterday and um for what he's able to do offensively, he can shoot, 
you know, he, he can, you know, rebound, but he's a liability on defense. Like he's just not able to compete laterally. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, a name like Garza is, is a hot name. He put up a lot of points. He's, a, he's, he's like an all American style college basketball player, but yeah, I do agree. I do agree that Sims probably, you know, got vultured by, you know, players with bigger names and also probably with more skill set at the five. I think teams are not interested in developing a player like Jericho Sims when they can get a player that can hang around the perimeter and, and do and, and do more things. But I mean, for what he can do, he you know, he, he can rebound, he can play defense, he can score, you know, so I, I yeah, think but, the fact, but the fact that a guy like Kai Jones goes 19, ironically to the Knicks, who's traded to Charlotte, are you telling me that they're, and again, I'm not a draft expert, but you can't tell me that like how, 40 slots different. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think teams just didn't um, like his, I think what I heard, they said that, he was there for, I think, three years in Texas, and he really didn't develop anything, you know, in terms of an offensive game. Um, but I think with the Knicks and what they're looking for, you know, is he going to be the next Dwight Howard? No, he's not going to be the next Dwight Howard, but he can come through in, in the modern version of Dwight Howard and, and pretty much handle a body. You know, he can handle a body, play defense, you know, chip in with, with you know, pick and rolls. You know, he was active on, on setting picks. They were calling for him. They had this other guy, Reed Travis, who's, you know, salute to him on his journey, but he he, just, he was not playing well today. So they had uh, Jericho Sims pretty much coming up on every pick for Vildoza, for Rokas, for Quickly, for Grimes. You know, he's he's just an active player, and, and I've heard this say he plays to his, his body very well. He's a stocky dude. He's not just a, like a twig. Like, he's he's pretty built. Well, they signed him to a two-way. I'm assuming that um, McBride, Deuce McBride, you got to love the name. And um, and Grimes are also going to be on two ways, just the way the roster looks like. And and that and that's all right. But uh, before we go on to you know free agency, notes from around the league in summer league because I'm sure you caught a couple of games. What stood out to you? Um, I, I got a you know caught a little bit of the Cade Cunningham highlights. There was stuff to like. Um, what say you? What, what what stood out to you in terms of summer? I'll say I'll say this about Cade Cunningham. Cunningham obviously is is the number one draft pick for the Pistons, and um, he made it a point. It looked like he made it a point to be a vocal leader. He's on he's on the sidelines clapping it up. He, he he's not just a guy that's like I got subbed out and I'm sitting down. He was very active. Um, as far as his game on the floor, which people are more interested in, he's a floor, he's a game manager. He, he, he can manage the offense. Like he's not just a, I don't know what they would call him a forward or, but he was bringing the ball. He's a very good passer. Um, he could be a, a bit of a more efficient shot selection, but that'll come with time. But Cunningham Absolutely. is going to be, you know, he's not going to be a prototypical. Yeah, he's not going to be a prototypical franchise um, number one draft pick in terms of um, 
I just think people more fit the bill of like athletic freaks that are just, you know, jump off the board. But Cunningham is he's a game. He's a floor. He's a, a floor general is what I want to say. And um, he's a good passer as well. So, you know, Jalen Green played well yesterday. He, he, he lit it up. <laughs> Leangelo Ball uh, went five for five from three yesterday. <laughs> so um, shout out to Leangelo Ball. I don't know what it means to making the roster. I checked out, you know, I'm a college basketball fan. So I checked out um, Jose Alvarado and, and Moses Wright, who are former teammates on Georgia Tech. They're playing, you know, there's little, little stories. You know, they're playing together right. in New Orleans. Um, Figueroa from St. John's was playing with the Mavs um, today. So there's there's a little stories here and there. But um, you can see the difference of the tempo of the games when there's NBA-style players on the floor. Like right. today, in the, the game versus the Raptors, it was just like a snooze fest. Um, not because of Barnes. It was just – it was the first game people getting it out there. But you could tell when Duarte is playing – against Grimes, right? You can I, see. Oh, I like Duarte. Duarte is going to be a player in this league. Yeah. That I was just going to mention it because I haven't watched – I've only really watched one summer league game. Duarte jumped out at me. I know he's 24 years old. I don't care. That guy is a foxhole guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's going to put up – he's going to have a game where he puts up 40. He'll he's have a game a where he puts up guy. He makes yeah. passes. Like, he was making passes yeah. that – that his teammates who were just not as good as him just didn't expect. They're fumbling them. That guy knows how to play basketball. Duarte, Duarte is going to be a guy that will get hot and and, and and he'll continue to score. I mean, he, he can create his own shot. He has a lot of range on his three-point shot. Um, he got into it with quickly today and quickly got the better of him. And, and quickly, I think, on one of the threes, pretty much let him know how he felt about him. So, a, little, a, little tra- a little trash talk, a little uh, pleasantries exchange. I screamed out. I, I know he's not. I know he's 24 and it doesn't matter. But I, as a Knicks fan with the ability to impact the game as about as good as I am ever, <laughs> I screamed at him during the free throws. He's too old. He's too old. <laughs> so that, that, yeah. that's good. But no, he's yeah. going to be good. Cunningham, I know this is a little blasphemous, but it's a little Luca-ish. You know, big no, guard. Yeah, I agree. I I, see, I know what you're talking about. Not a super, not a super athlete, but feel, but feel. Yeah. Obviously, he's not as accomplished as Luca. Like even at his an early age, like Luca's been doing this since he's 15. Right. Um. But it's Luca-ish in the sense where where the feel is there. Not overwhelming athlete, but but plays really good basketball. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. He's 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 a uh, kind of like. He reminds me of like a my player. Like you're just trying to get all the rebounds. You're trying to get the assists. You're trying to get the points in there. And he's just, he's a leader. You know, I think the Pistons really need that. Now I do think the Pistons right now, they have a lot to prove as an organization. Well, we'll um, get to, terms, hold that yeah. thought. Cause we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that when we get to uh that's a good transition. But one last thing about summer league, I know Jalen green made a couple of nice shots. Jalen Green makes me awfully nervous. Yeah. Like, it can either be Kobe or it can be, like, the worst version of J.R. Smith you've ever seen. Right. And I, I don't know. I would have I would have taken uh, Suggs there. 
I, I just he makes me so nervous, Jalen Green. But anyway, on to free agency. So obviously we're going to start off with our favorite team, the New York Knicks. Uh, active in free agency, brought a couple of guys back, brought Noel back three for 32, brought with uh, the third year as an option, team option, right. brought back Derek Rose, three for 43, third year team option, Fournier, uh, four for 78, fourth year team option, and they brought Noel back on a four-year $117 million deal. Uh, anything I missed? Uh, Randall. Randall on a oh, four-year. No, I meant Randall. Yes, Randall. Noel um, on a four-year 117 would be No, that uh, would have been bad. That would have been very, yeah. very bad. And also, Alec Burks, three years, $30 million. Alec Burks, three years, uh, $30, right? 30 and, Yep, and Taj Gibson on a veteran minimum as right. well. So, it's so overall, how do you feel about the Knicks offseason? I think it would start it out <laughs> at the draft at a – at a generous C minus because I really wasn't a fan of of moving back to get a Tibbs guy. They got two Tibbs guys and Grimes and, and McBride. I think Rokas was pretty much the, the scouting department and, and knowing the way that the draft was going to come out, they knew they were going to get McBride. But I, I felt like it was a weird route to get Grimes and McBride. I felt it was risky. I felt the trade that they made at 19 to get a broken mirror version of 19. I, I, I think they could have got, you're, you're jumping into the first round as the Hornets. You know what I mean? I think you got to pay a little bit of a premium to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, I mean, they have stockpiled assets after that draft. They got the player they wanted. Time will tell what Grimes is able to do in this rotation with all those players they brought back. I think McBride is going to be a player that when you see him on the floor, good things are going to happen. Um, I'm a big fan of Miles McBride. Um, he's played very well. He's just a, an intense player. I think Grimes also is is a very um, defensive uh, juggernaut. Um, so I, I started off there at a C minus because I just think that they did a lot to do a little with 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 the assets they had. They came in with 19, 21, and 32. And they left with 25-36 in a pick that we don't know when we're going to use it from the Hornets. So I just felt like value-wise, I think they were trying to save money and I maybe saved 1.8 mil. Um, yeah, it was something million. like two and a half million dollars, and they picked up a future asset to throw in a trade. Right. I, you know, we'll see how that turns out. I, I've been playing the the Knicks um, insurance policy. Let's let's wait for another year game so long uh, it's been my entire fandom as being a nick fan but um it started out as c minus then you know it got to it got to a c plus we brought back our guys we, we were still looking at kyle lowry we were looking at different players but we, we we started out and we got burks we got noel we we brought them back um so then i started to feel okay you know rose came back that was huge once point guards came off the board um and we brought in Fournier, and then I was like, okay, this is a solid C+. Plus. There's nothing we can do, really. Lowry didn't want to be here. Um, he was my number one target, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Lowry didn't want to come here. Um, Lonzo Ball didn't want to come here, or we didn't. We weren't aggressive in getting him. Um, and, and the market dried up for point guard, and I was concerned, you know, that we had Derrick Rose um, pretty much 30 minutes looking at, and I was like, this is not – I don't want Derrick Rose to be my starter. You know, I, I love Derrick Rose as my my backup, 
But once Kemba, once the Kemba news came available, I think um, I I would grade it out as a solid B because we pretty much are stacked as a rotation one through 10 um, very well. I mean, you name it. I mean, we're stacked at each position. And I think Kemba by himself is a problem. I think Rose by himself is a problem. But putting them both together and being able to manage their back-to-backs, being able to insert IQ, you know, Alec Burks, you know, Fournier can handle the ball. You know, there's a lot of players on this team that can handle the ball um, and do good things with it. You know, Alfred could handle the ball, but that wasn't his issue. He just couldn't do anything with it. So I think Fournier can create. I think McBride can create. I think obviously Walker and Rose can create quickly can create Randall can create RJ can create. We have a bunch of Burks can create just a lot of players that can make moves um, going yes. towards the basket. So I think we'll be an even more dynamic team. We might slip a little bit in defense from Reggie Bullock and uh, leaving, but um, yeah, man, I think we ran it back and we added Fournier and Walker. And I think when you look across the NBA landscape, Usually when you're a good team, it's hard to maintain your assets. It's hard to maintain the players that got you there. And uh, I thought the Knicks did a good job in in showing that they were going to reward like a guy like Noel. Like Noel was a guy that they brought back, not because he's worth 11 million. They brought him back because they wanted to show the league like you, you be a warrior for us. Like Noel was, you play on one leg, you know, people don't, remember this but noel was the starting center um pretty much the whole season last year when it counted i sure should, sure should remember i love nine and oh during that nine game winning streak um noel pretty much you know and he was hurt uh, he, he wasn't himself in that hawk series um taj had to come back um and play 30 minutes and start but you know it's going to be interesting you know when you're young you can't just look at the players that you brought back. You got to understand that the player on that back of their card, on their stack card, they're going to get better. You know, like when you used to collect a baseball card or an NBA card, you see the first year, 5.7, second year, 10.7. And then the third year through the rest of their career, now they're starting to, to establish consistency. And I, I think RJ is one of those guys. I think Mitchell Robinson's one of those guys where you, this is who they're going to be starting this year. You know, this is who they're going to be. So I look for RJ to improve. I look for Mitchell to improve. Obviously we spent a lot of time talking about IQ and OB, but you know, Knicks maintained who they were um, as an identity. And I I think they'll, they'll get better. So I think, I think um, they may dip in seeds and wins in terms of winning percentage, but I do think they have a better chance of, advancing in the playoffs if that makes sense so no, it does it does yeah. and, and and here here was my whole thing right a lot of nick fans out there wanted the big move right they wanted the big move it wasn't there it wasn't yeah. there and if the big move isn't there the most important thing to do is to put together contracts where and assets where when the big move is available you have the ability to strike while the iron's hot because eventually you're going to have to push. You're going to have to push because as we've seen over the last couple of years, besides for LeBron and and KD really, how many dudes have really hit the free agent market? 
Remember, KD but, hit the free agent market, and it was really a sign and trade coming off an Achilles injuries, right? Achilles injury. LeBron, okay, went to the Lakers, but that was that was a special circumstance. These guys, like people, were lining up cap space for a guy like Giannis to hit the market. He never hit the market, right? But there's always guys like, and eventually it's going to happen. Damian Lillard's going to ask out. You saw what Portland did this offseason. He's going to ask out, right? So it was important. And you want to have those contracts in the $20 million range, the $10 to $20 million range where you can stack to get guys, right? And now they have all their future picks. They have all, they have these young players. So they did prudent contracts. Is Evan Fournier my, my favorite? Is he my like cup of tea? No, but again, it's a number that is easily movable, especially with the last year being the, you know, the team option. So for what they were going, you know, for the situation that they're in, knowing what they want to do in the future, I think it was a really good offseason for them. Plus, right. you, show con- you show continuity and you show that the front office not only has, you know, a, a functioning brain in terms of knowing how the salary cap works and knowing the landscape of of how superstars get moved now. They just, they, they kept their powder dry and, and they're ready to strike when the iron's hot and you just have to be ready. So I give them, I commend them for it. Yeah. I think the grade will, will obviously like any off season grade or draft grade or anything like that, it'll play out over time. Right. Um, like but, when Damian you know, Lillard, if he asks for a trade in December, you have contracts to move and, and the, uh, the Kemba, Kemba Walker piece, right? So I, Knicks fans were freaking out on Twitter about the point guard situation. I wasn't really that nervous because they, you know, you drafted in that position, you drafted quickly, you drafted Deuce McBride this year, right? Who they, who they like, right? You expect RJ to take a step up in the ball handling um, duties, you, you expect, you know, you brought Derrick Rose back to play 20 to 22 minutes a night. I thought they were covered there, but when, when Kemba came available on a buyout and all they had to do is basically pay him mid-level exception money as a risk, I know his knees have been shot, but if he can get back to 85% of what he was two years ago before the knee injury, that is a major win. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we're... I think we're. I'm on the behalf of people that are freaking out, and I'll tell. I'll tell. <laughs> tell you why. Um, I think there. There are guys who can handle the ball, but is IQ unlocking Ob? Is RJ unlocking Ob? Is is McBride unlocking his teammates? I don't see that. I know Rose has done that, and obviously Kemba's going to do that. So I think it's really big. For, and, and he provides. I think IQ was talking about it on on the on the post game today, where he's like, "I learned from Rose, and now I'm going to learn from Kemba." So I think it's 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 getting those young guys good looks, and um, giving them more to work with, like getting in the paint, getting a guy that can get into the paint at will. Rose can do that, you know. Kemba can do that. I think it takes Obi out of the corner. It takes RJ out of the corner. It helps Grimes play in a fast break because he's not a half court player right now. Um, I'm um, not sure. I'm not sure he's gonna be with the big boy club to start the year. No, no, he's he's looking like he's tentative. So you get a two way. 
I'll tell you, he's everything he was talked to be to be as a defender. But just to get to be back to that point guard spot, you know, the point guard really should be a guard or the point guard really should be the engine of the offense. Um, you know, your your primary ball handler should be the engine of the offense. And, you know, Randall is a scorer and he can pass out of a double team decently but I don't think he's an engine of an offense and, and it's just too predictable. So having a closer like Kemba, having a closer like Rose and a guy who can activate our young players and, and have them play more diverse spacing on the floor. Um, I think that was huge. I think it cemented the off season. It, it gave it a, 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 okay, I trust these guys. They had something planned the whole time. So I think if they end off season with Kemba, there's a lot of questions. I think the fact that they got Kemba, it just puts those concerns at bay. And I do agree with you. I do agree that IQ and, and McBride are here for a reason. And Rose and, 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 and Kemba are a little bit old and, and their injury risks. And I do think we do have reinforcements, but starting the season back with our squad, adding Kemba and Rose to, to just start from game one is, is a totally different outlook for me as opposed to Rose and Peyton. You know what I mean? So, And if they end up being a six, seven, or an eight seed, given the landscape of the Eastern Conference, they could easily win almost as many games as last year and, and move down in the standings. And you know what? That's okay because right now it's all about – Competence, 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 and being able to strike where the iron's hot because there's going to be a time where a superstar is yeah. going to ask out and he, yeah. they're going to want to come and, and they're going to be in a great position to do so. Well, you're 100% right. You're yeah. 100% right. Moving from one marquee franchise to the next, the Lakers had a very busy offseason. Started off with the Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, they moved off of Kuzma, moved off of KCP, moved off of uh, a bunch of guys, uh, let Caruso walk. They brought in a bunch of veteran minimums, uh, a bunch of old dudes. It was Carmelo, it was Dwight Howard, it was uh, Malik Monk, who I actually kind of liked. We'll get to him in a second. Um, what were your thoughts of the Lakers offseason? Well, I think I think the Lakers did, did an incredible job of filling out that roster and, and making the team a little bit more than LeBron and AD. I think their team was LeBron and AD and they were looking for a third piece and Kuzma just never was able to, to be that guy um, at least last year. Um, and um, I think they diversified their lineup and I, you know, Russell is, is, is going to be an enigma until he wins the ring. Right. But I think, this is his opportunity. I think he's going to be motivated. I think they're a deadly team. As they, they are old, but I don't want to be playing against Russell Westbrook 48 minutes of his dog mentality of just getting to the bucket at will. Um, are you a Westbrook guy? There are guys who are Westbrook I'm guys. A, I'm, in between, I'm in between on Westbrook because I've seen, I've seen Westbrook at his best and I've seen Westbrook at his worst. And I think having LeBron and AD, I think – Westbrook at his worst is not going to show itself because don't he'll just have the opportunity to to hide behind the greatness of LeBron James and a healthy Anthony Davis. So um, 
it'll be interesting. I, I do think like every single piece that they brought in will will find their way into their roles. One of those players is just not going to pan out. But I do think of the Carmelos, of the Malik Monks, of the Kendrick Nuns, um, you name them, Dwight Howard, uh, um, Wayne Ellington. I mean, you name them. They're, they're some, some one of those players are going to work out. And then LeBron is going to do his magic at the half at the halfway point. Who's not working? Who's working? You know, Melo might get cut. You know, you never know. LeBron is not. Uh, I don't think that's loyal. happening. I don't know. LeBron has been best friends with Melo his whole life. And this is the first time that they've teamed up. So I think LeBron is. is he sent Wade away in Cleveland. Just sent Wade packing. Right. So I, I think I think they'll assess who they like. And I think I, I think they're not done making moves. Those are contract friendly deals. I think none monk are, are t- players that a lot of teams would like to have. So, I mean, you know, we'll see. I think that the Lakers have the potential to be a juggernaut and they have the potential to be a very toxic locker room. So I, we'll see how that works out. I know that NBA Twitter works its magic better than any Twitterverse in the world. So if Westbrook has a bad game and LeBron and it's not working, that's what I'm saying. It has the potential to be a toxic uh, uh, environment there in L.A. And as, as far as like the other teams in the West are not taking their foot off the gas pedal because the Lakers got got Russell Westbrook, they're going to be even more motivated to get those top seeds so they can stay out of the Staples Center come, you know, May and June. So the Lakers were presented with, from what I was following, they were presented with two avenues. They were either good, they were rumored to be in the Buddy Heald sweepstakes or they were going to be in the Westbrook sweepstakes, right? Because they didn't have the assets. They had very limited assets and contracts to move that they were all going to need to be included in those deals, mainly Kuzma and KCP, right? They were going to be the ones that had to be in these deals to make the money work, right? Because they weren't bringing back Schroeder. And obviously Schroeder turning down his extension was was a bad, bad idea, right? So once they decided to go all in for Russ, right? They kind of, because of Russ's contract number, they kind of pigeonholed themselves into, we're doing minimums now. Like that's it. The veterans on the minimums, that's what we're doing, right? That, cause that was their own, that was their only option. That was really their only option. And, you know, you could argue that, you know, Buddy Heald, I know he had a down year last year and he's in a toxic uh, environment in Sacramento, but, you know, Russ has been there, right? For better, for worse, Russ has been there. Russ has been in playoff games, right? There's something to be said about dudes who have been there. And I'm a Russ guy, right? I know the 90-10 rule with Russ, 90% great, 10% not so great, and the 10% is super glaring at times. But, like, I'm a Russ guy. For the regular season, I think it's going to be really good because LeBron's going to want to take his foot off the gas and ease in and and because he's in year 18. And Westbrook is going to have this insane energy, you know, that he always has because he's always there, except for a little bit last year, but he's always there, right? And they're going to need that on nights. In the playoffs, it's going to be a little interesting because the half court court and Russ's shot has not – 
you know, has, has failed him for the last couple of years. He doesn't cut. He doesn't do anything without the ball. LeBron doesn't cut or do anything without the ball. And then there's Davis who can, you know, float in and out from time to time. So are they going to have enough shooting around those guys? I mean, they're good standstill shooters. They are, but are they going to get the looks, you know, that, that they might think that they're going to get if you're playing, you know, Westbrook and LeBron and Davis with another big, which I don't think they're going to do come playoff time. Like, I don't think right. Howard's going to see a lot of minutes. I don't think Marcus Gasol's going to see a lot of minutes. Um, I, think, I think with the, with the, with a team like the Lakers, you know, it would behoove them to really take the regular season seriously. Um, need the continuity. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really need to come out and, and even if they struggle to win, at, at the clip that they're used to winning early. Um, may it be like three games over 500 or 20 games into the season or something like that. You know, they really That's have not panic to, time. Yeah. They still have to um, work on a identity and, and who they are um, because a team like the Utah Jazz, yeah, they got knocked out early, but they, they, they run their sets. They know who the ball's going to late in the game, you know, um, yeah, but you know the but like the Jazz, like as Jay Z once said, he's all right, but he's not real. Like you just know, you know that they, they, they aren't um, I, I'm doing it. That. I'm gonna hold that. I'm gonna hold that because you know it does count when you have Donovan Mitchell. It does count when you have Rudy Gobert. I know Rudy Gobert didn't have a great playoff ending against the Clippers, um, but it. It matters when you have these guys that are willing to do the dirty work, like a Joel Ingles. You know what I mean? It, it, it matters when you have these players that have been there. They play at home. Utah's notoriously a good home court. So I think Utah will be back. Obviously, the Suns with Chris Paul, they'll be back. So I, I think the Lakers can't figure it out on the fly this year. The more they're trying to figure this out, the more danger they're in, um, especially in a seven-game series when – when a team gets hot and runs you off the court. And I do, I do can see that. I can see, I remember even years ago when LeBron pretty much in that heat team got ran off the court by the Spurs, you know, a more together basketball team will still beat you if you're more talented. So we'll see. I, I do, I'm not sure Utah is that team, but with the Lakers, I think the shooting will be okay. Um, and first of all, my favorite signing of theirs is Malik Monk. I don't know how they got him on that deal, on a prove-it deal. It just – Cash app. LeBron cash app. Monk. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, how did – he was in a weird spot. Like, his career started off a little wrong in Charlotte. They had a bunch of guards. But, like, he had games where he was looking like he was going to be like Lou Williams style in terms of getting hot. I love that move for them. That's my favorite move for them. But my biggest fear about the Lakers, um, and I hope for the Lakers' demise, but defensively, they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. Russ hasn't been good on defense for the last five years, and I'm a Russ guy. He takes a lot of chances and doesn't, you know, he, he just has too many brain farts late in, late in games. LeBron is good when he wants to be. I mean, Davis is stellar. But other than that, there's a lot of holes, a lot of holes on the perimeter, and guards are going to have a field day with them. Yeah. Guards are yeah, so, I mean, I mean, like I said, they're, they're getting up there in age. I, I just think that their ability to get up 
and 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 overpower you with with LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, obviously Russell Westbrook. I just think that they are a powerhouse. That is a three-headed powerhouse. So, I mean, most nights they're just going to be able to will their way to victories. But in a seven-game series, when bad matchups and 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 guys start to click and the chemistry is there and that the I've been here together with you. I think that matters that, you know, team, we've seen teams sprout up and, and, and organize within a year and win, but you know, things happen, you know, the injuries happen, yep. you know? So, you know, I would say that the Lakers probably a favorite to come out of the Western conference, especially because Kawhi is hurt and, and, you know, Luca doesn't have anybody to play with and, and um, shout out to Chris Stops. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like there's there's a lot of holes in the Western Conference. And, you know, no one knows what's going on with the Nuggets. Is Jamal Murray the missing piece? Was Well, yeah, and he's, and he's hurt. He's going to miss most of the year. Right, right. So um, can the Suns run it back? I, I, I know in sports it's hard. I know in fantasy football, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to lose when you get so close and you're like, that was my year. There's always that thought in the back of your head, like this was my opportunity. So we'll see. We'll see if the Suns can run it back. The Suns have a great coach. They have a great uh, organization. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I'll be rooting for him. I don't think Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant, though. But I, I yeah, think let's, that... let's, all, let's all slow down there. Let's, yeah. let's yeah. pump the brakes. Um, yeah. Not to project too much into previewing next season, but I think you know, while the Lakers may be the favorites, I'm not sure they're the clear-cut favorites because depending on what happens with Clay Thompson, I think the Warriors can can really right. slip into that into that uh, sure. that spot. Um, other um, winners and losers from free agency: um, the three teams that you like the most, three teams that you didn't like, or or moves that you like the most, or moves that you didn't like. What uh, what stood out to you? Why, why don't you get Why don't you give me your your winners? I want to hear who you like. So I'm going to give you, okay. So I loved what the bulls did in terms of Lonzo. Um, and I loved what the bulls did in terms of Alex Caruso. I don't necessarily love the DeRozan trade, especially then giving him that contract on top of it. I think that's a little, a little ridiculous. I don't love the fit with Levine there um, with him and DeRozan. Uh, I think it may be Levine insurance if they don't want to pay Levine. Uh, so I thought that was a little weird. Um, but I do like Lonzo and Caruso there flanking Levine. Uh, they're going to be an interesting offensive team, but those two guys can play defense, but they're going to be interesting. But overall, I would say they're winners. I would obviously say that the Miami Heat were winners with the Kyle Lowry sign and trade. Um, they brought back Duncan Robinson on a big deal, but you know, I think Duncan Robinson is a little bit more valuable than people people think. Like he he can do a little bit more with the ball than he gets credit for. Um, and I thought the I hate to say it, but the Nets had a really good offseason. What uh, Patty Mills? The Patty Mills deal is exactly what they needed. It's great ins- it's great insurance for you know Kyrie. Kyrie. Um, I, I liked what they did in the draft. Uh, I thought they had a they had a really good offseason uh, just on the Patty Mills signing alone. Bring back Blake Griffin, obviously, who was big for them. Uh, a sneaky move that I like that kind of went under the radar is. I don't mind how Milwaukee had it, had their offseason. I know they let P.J. Tucker go. They brought Robbie Portis back. 
But I love the Grayson Allen trade for them. <laughs> I love one. the Grayson Allen trade for them, and I think Rodney Hood in that environment he, could be good well, for them. Well, yeah. Uh, the three Grayson I didn't like – I don't know what Detroit's doing, man. I know it doesn't matter what they do in free agency because it's about Killian Hayes. It's about Isaiah Stewart. It's about, you know, Sadiq Bey and the young guys. But, like, why are we signing Kelly Olenek? Like, I just don't understand why. Um, Again, the Bulls, I also would put them in a little bit of a loser thing because I just don't think – the to trade as much as they traded for DeRozan and then to pay him as much as they paid him when it looked like the – Pay double. The market, yeah, they, they, they were bidding against themselves. I thought that was weird. And arguably the two biggest losers of the offseason are the Pelicans because, oh. I mean, what are the Zion. Pelicans doing? Zion's, out, Zion's out, of out of there in two years. He's out. He's going to be the first guy to sign the qualifying offer and threaten to do it and they're going to trade him, which is why, as a Nick fan, I'm monitoring that situation very, very closely, and I kind of wanted the Randall contract as much as we love what Julius Randall did for us last year. If Zion wants to come, we love you, Julius. Adios. It's Zion time. And Dallas. Dallas just seems to strike out every year. And at a certain point, I know Luca signed, but like, when is when is Luca just going to get mad? Like, super mad and just demand right. his way out. He's going to take that money, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, but guys take that money and want out afterwards. You saw Anthony Davis do it. We're in a new world order here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, James Harden as well. Yeah. So I so that that's what stood out to me in terms of winners and losers. What what say you? I I think the Bulls got way too much credit because it's names that people are familiar with. Um, but I just don't see the fit. Um defensively, Caruso is nice to supplement that, but is he gonna, you know. Is that going to transfer over to DeRozan? Is that going to transfer over to Vukovic? I think a lot of their guys do the same thing. I think they get the ball. They're very good at scoring. Um, DeRozan is a very good scorer. He's not He's not a black hole as much as people say he is. Um, but he does have a tendency to get the ball on the block, and, and it's him. You know, Vukovic does the same thing. And, and, and for a team that was so aggressive and so, you know, desperate to make a big splash, they did it last year. They didn't crack the top 10 seeds. It'll be interesting to see because they pretty much maxed out their ability to, to make moves with those contracts. Um, I'm not so sure they're better than the Hornets. You know, I'm not so sure they're better than um, the Celtics. I'm not so sure they're better than those teams in the seventh, eighth range. But I'll give um, them credit because they had to go for it. They had to because they haven't made the playoffs in forever. And the old regime was just roll it over, roll it over, and the fan base was getting crazy. So I give them credit for we got better players now, right? The fit may not be perfect with DeRozan, but he's a good player. We got good players. Lonzo's a good player. Caruso's a good rotation player that the Lakers are going to miss. So I give them credit for that. I just don't think they needed to – I thought the DeRozan move was like one move too many in a sense, and also the price they paid for it. Yeah, I think DeRozan, when you look, and it makes me feel better about Fournier's contract. Um, You know, so, you know, I think the Bulls kind of like did a a lot to do, not enough progression. Um, You know, you brought up um, the Pistons. I think that the Pistons need, uh, you know, probably another year. Um, 
to figure that out. You know, probably just it'll be the coming year. Pretty good. Pelicans stunk it up once again. Um, you know, I just I feel, I feel like teams. I, I I do like the Patty Mills signing, but I'll say this: like, you know, the Nets stay healthy. I, I don't think they need Patty Mills. Um, it's great insurance. If to Patty have. gets hurt and it's Patty Mills, yeah, I, I think if Kyrie gets hurt and Patty Mills, then it all rolls down to the Joe Harris's of the world, and and can those guys pitch in and, and score? Um, James Harden is is going to be healthy, you presume, this year. Kyrie, you know, is, is a little bit of a fragile kind of guy with his knee and, you know, we'll Everything see. else, that's Kyrie Irving. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. I think it's the Nets. I think it's the Nets year. Um, obviously, I don't like saying that. I, think I was going to say, Bucks, don't, don't wish things into the universe. Yeah, I think that the Bucs, uh, there's nothing we can do about it, bro. <laughs> we got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. I mean, most nights that's going to outscore the opposition. I think that the Bucks tried to replace PJ with Grayson Allen. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. It's very interesting because Grayson Allen is a very annoying player to play against. And it kind of has that same vibe as PJ Tucker, but PJ Tucker was such a heart and soul kind of player for them. Um, I wonder how that how that affects you know Giannis and how that affects you know Chris Middleton and, and it's just having that guy who will be a, a guy who will you know um, it's kind of like in hockey how you have that 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 player that defends your stars. Uh-huh. So him going to Miami and Miami having Spolstra with Kyle Lowry with uh, Jimmy Butler with Duncan Robinson with Bam Adebayo. Giving Spolstra pieces like that to work with, um, he's one of the better coaches in the game. I think he's the best coach. I think he is the best coach in the game. So um, if the Heat can – see, the Heat's the type of team that doesn't really need to take the the regular season so seriously because I think they can scheme very well in a seven-game series. And as long as they have enough talent and enough shooting, I think that's a team you don't want to run into. Yeah. So I think that the Bucks kind of like had their year, and I think it's the Nets conference to win or lose. I think the Sixers, um, by virtue of Ben Simmons playing so bad and on, on a broad on a stage like that, I think that the Sixers had a bad offseason as well because they're kind of caught in between. Nobody wants to pay the Simmons price. But I don't know that they can go forward with Simmons in that locker room. Well, that um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that it might be cut ties time with them. I don't know if they're going to. I agree, it. and that's the one domino that's really left to fall. But so, yeah. I really appreciate you giving me so much time. You know, you got some Vegas stuff to do before we let you go. Quick thought on the Yankees, right? Oh yeah, are, are we back? They're going to win the AL East. You're the still calling are, it. They're, they're still I'm five and a half out. I'm telling you right now, we have a good mix of young players, of young pitching. We have very good pitching. If if we can beat the COVID bug for the next week or so, I think we're going to play positive 650 to 700 baseball. I really do. I think you got you got Luis Hill. 
You got Garrett Cole. You got Tyone's pitching his ass off. You got um, uh, Jordan Montgomery. Just a clutch. Keep the game close. Loizaga's pitching well. Chad Green's got the opportunity to get his arm well. Chapman's hurt, but Britain's back. Um, Clay Holmes can pitch well. You know, obviously Rizzo and Gallo are, are diversify our lineup much better. Um, but, you know, this is the type of team that if it hits full stride, it's sweet and serious. It's winning by the three. Can we play well against the White Sox and the Red Sox? That'll be the true test to whether this Blue team Jays. can, can make a Let's not forget them because the Blue Jays is no, crazy no, hot. Not this kind of the Blue Jays at all. But this week, you know, we play the Royals. The Red Sox play the Rays. We're, we're probably like five games back of the uh, the Rays, and we're about two two to three games back of the Red Sox, a game back of the Athletics. I just think over a period of time, if we can weather the storm when we lose a series and we can continue to keep the, the gas on the pedal, I think our rotation is very good. I think we're going to have better pitching probables, better pitching matchups most series. I think our, our lineup is better than most lineups. Um we have enough talent now that Boone is is in CPU mode. Like, you know, he doesn't really have to make that many tough decisions. We have a lot of talent in our bullpen. We have a lot of talent in our pitching. So as long as we can weather the Rizzo, Chapman absence, Cole being absent, Montgomery Glaber, being absent. Add him to the list today. Glaber's IL too? Yeah, thumb. Cool. Thumb issue. Yeah, looks oh, like thumb. he's out ten, like 10 days at least. You know, Gio Urshela's out, Herman's out. It, it'll be can we can we play a tick over five hundred um, for these next ten games? Royals, White Sox, Red Sox. The that'll be huge. Yeah. The um, the Rizzo thing hurt my feelings. Yeah, I, yeah, really... I don't know what's going on. They got they got the bootleg. They got the, either the Johnson and Johnson or they got the bootleg. You know, I don't oh, know yeah. what they did. It'll be it's it'll totally, be interesting. Um, I'm, but I I'm back in on this season. I do think that at this point, though, um, you know, Cashman pretty much was playing for his for his job, and I think that's why he was aggressive in getting the guys he got. And um, you know, they got to make the playoffs. They they don't make the playoffs. Everybody's gone. I don't think Cashman's gone, but I think. Boone is gone, and I think they reassess how they want to continue building the, the roster. Guys like Stanton being here forever, you know, do they look at Aaron Judge and say, you know what, we got Gallo for another year. We, we I don't know if we're, we're going to hold on to your to, to your value until you're a free agent, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that that's going to go to arbitration, um, not to get too far in the weeds, that's going to go into arbitration. It won't be an extension in the offseason. My, my, my blind confidence is back in the Yankees, though. I'm ready to go. We're Love better than the Rays. We're better than the Red Sox. We I don't know if we're better than the Rays yet. I don't. Because they've proved to they're us that they're better than now. us every year. They're down glass now. That matters. And I don't know who they're throwing out. They still out win, though. They always win. It doesn't matter who they have. They win. We're they five bring and up four. guys win. Five and four at the trap. That's encouraging, actually. That is encouraging. All right. Papa left. One of my favorite guests. Thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate talking to you. We're going to monitor the NBA season. And let's go, Yanks. That's right. Enjoy have Vegas, my brother. I appreciate you. Later. 
Thanks again to my guest calling in from Las Vegas, Mr. Papa Left. Good stuff with him talking a lot about all different types of stuff, especially with the NBA offseason in full swing. That's episode 120 for the love of the game. Take us out. Maybe you love me when I fade to black. If you can't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. Maybe you love me when I fade to black. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.